Well, Happy New Year. It is uh, soon to be at uh, 710 at sundown. We start the first of the new year, the Feast of Trumpets, first day of Tishri. And if you'd like to learn more about that, I'm going to probably preach a little bit on it this weekend. Uh, the Leviticus 23, you can read about the seven feasts. But we're about entering into one of the most holiest times, and it could be a very, very significant season. Uh, in fact, if the astronomers are correct, this will be the first time in the history of the alignments of first, uh, first Revel- of Revelation chapter 12, uh, the alignment of the, of the stars that have come into a place with the planets that may be the revelation of the, uh, what's been taking place in, in the prophetic words of Revelation 12. Oh, yeah? So, like, two more days? Party down? No, don't, don't do it. Well, praise God. Thank you for coming. Any other thoughts on the new year? Everybody excited? This is really, really pretty awesome. All right. Well, um, thanks for coming. We've got, wow, is that too loud or are we good? Sound good? Okay, praise God. Um, we've got quite a few at the tent, so the opening up of the, so if you want to pick up You'll need for sure uh, the ministry manual. So if you picked up from last time, and I also have a handout. We'll have another one next week. This is pretty much just some reading material. A couple of years ago, we did a whole teaching on the basic training in the prophetic ministry. So I'll just draw your attention if you'd like more. This is Chris Volatin's study. We did it for several, um, well, I think we did 12 weeks of it with the DVDs and all um, a while back. Uh, there are two other books. This one's an older one Steve Thompson put out on You All May Prophesy. But this is a really good one, and, and I think most um, ministries that look into prophetic, Bill Hammond's study, so if you want to get that, you can probably get it pretty inexpensive on, uh, on Amazon. So I'll just leave those up if anybody would like some more information about it. I find his book to be real uh, powerful. I want to just get some information first from you. How many um, have had, in, before you came... Um, when you're growing up, being part of the church, how many had tra- how much of training did you have on the prophetic? None. Who had training on the prophetic? Let's start that way. One, okay. Two. Um, Pequeno, huh? Yeah, okay. With the uh, with Randy Clark and, uh, but I was just kind of thinking as as I was coming up through the church, and I've been in, I think twelve churches, but. Um, it wasn't until the Randy Clark, Bill Johnson going to the nations and studying the gifts that I had any in training. And of course, when I went to seminary, there was nada. I went, well, I went to a Baptist seminary. But, um, so the gifts were, you know, I'm not trying to be critical, but they, they believed that the, the gifts had ceased. They believe in cessationism. Now, they're starting to tra- change that way. I, I know now Southern Baptists that are also starting to embrace tongues which was heresy a few years ago. And so, praise God, there's a revelation of that more and more God. And I'm not being critical because if you take me back 25 years ago, I would have said, yeah, I'm not going to do that stuff. So, um, in order to understand prophecy, uh, we need to to kind of take a broader look at the gifts. Now, we've we've kind of surfaced on the gifts before, but I want to set some foundational things, maybe maybe some things you haven't heard before. Um, And I want to look at that, and then we're going to dive into... What is prophecy? What is the prophetic? Why is it so important for today? And then what are the mandates from Scripture? And then next week, 
some more of the how-tos. Um, so let's, um, you're familiar with this scripture. In Acts chapter 2, right, when, when the Lord was told his disciples, don't leave, stay in the, in the place they just killed me, and don't leave the town <laughs> until the Father sends the gift that he promised, right? Acts chapter 1, the Father's going to send the promise, stay here until you're endued with power. And you know what Acts chapter 2, all of a sudden they're gathering to, they, there were a bunch more, but after 40 days of praying together without the Holy Spirit, um, it might be um, difficult to stay in a prayer meeting, and many didn't, so there was only 120 in the upper room when the Spirit fell. But we know at that time, uh, Peter stands up and says, this is what was prophesied by Joel. So in Acts 2, it says, in the last days, so according to um, Peter's version of where the last day started 2,000 years ago. So we're closer to the last day, but the last days have already started and it been going on. So, and in God's calendar, you know, a day is 1,000 years, Peter says, right? So it's only been a couple of days since this poured out in God's calendar. And so, but we know this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. First line, your sons and daughters will prophesy. So it is legal, it is expected, if you're a son and daughter of God, then, and being in the last days now, this outpouring is what you all ought to have. And so we'll set that up, and then we'll look at the mandates later. Because it goes on, it gives more specifics about the old men, like Terry and I, will dream dreams. Um, the young men will have visions, right, uh, like Dave. And in those days, he'll pour out his spirit, men and daughters alike, and the wonders, but I will cause the wonders in the heavens above. I want you to focus on that, especially if you're here Sunday in the sermon. I'm going to try to lay out um, one of the discoveries that happened in 2011. Part of the Hubble telescope and all of that's been finding, it's incredible what's happening right now through the, astron the astronomy and the science convergence, the signs and wonders, and then just look at what's going on in the earth. Good Lord in the morning, right? Um, so, this whole week has been a prophetic week. If you look out, you know, earthquakes, three category four or five storms hitting the United States within so many weeks, um, threats of nuclear destruction. Yesterday, our president pretty much laid it out to the North Korean um, dictator that uh, if you mess with us, we will we'll annihilate you. That sounds like wars and rumors of wars. And, of course, he's been saying the same thing about turning the United States into ashes, right? So we're, we're kind of living in all this. That may not be new with all the threats, but um, certainly the increase of famines and pestilence. If you look at Sudan, there's probably not a week goes by I don't get three or four requests for relief funds from different ministries and organizations to help the dying. They show these pictures that just absolutely destroy your heart. I mean, of the... The, the famine and the destruction that's going on. The annihilation, even now in uh, Myanmar, um, the, the destruction of the Muslims that are being killed there. So there's this eradication of whole religious uh, sects and groups of people. So we're living in a, a really interesting time, right? Not a surprise to the Lord. Okay, so I want you to see that it was, the outpouring started and it's been ongoing. It didn't cease. And then I'd like you to turn with me now. Take out your scriptures. If you need a Bible, we got them back there. Um, but I'd like you to turn with me to, let's look at, let's look at Romans in chapter 12 first. 
Actually, you know what? I think we'll, let's go to Corinthians 12 first. I think that's a good basis to start with. Of course, the spiritual gifts chapter here, reading through that, you know that we, we often quote the, uh, the nine gifts of the Spirit that are listed there by the Holy Spirit, uh, wisdom, knowledge, and discernment, faith. And this Sunday, we had the gift of faith imparted to us. That was awesome. I really, I thought that was amazing by John Jacobs. Um, and so faith, healing, and miracles, those, those three partner together. Then tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy are listed there. And they're given for the edification of the church in verse 7, right? So we know that should be probably a review. But I'd like you to look at the latter part of chapter 12. Uh, uh, yeah, 1 Corinthians 12. And let's pick up in... Well, this is why you shouldn't make fun of any part of the body of Christ. Right? He goes on and talks about the different body parts. So if, let's say that we're a hand, we'll be the hand of the body part. So we'd be the best hand we can be, right? And we shouldn't make fun of the feet or the nose uh, or anything else. That so, But then he gives it a little more instruction in verse 27. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is part of it. Here are some of the parts that God has appointed to the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, and third are teachers. Now this is to the Corinth church. Remember, churches are being planted. Paul's going about, Timothy's going about, uh, Apollos, they're all out. So this is the, the apostolic church, and there's the teaching that Paul is doing. It says, God the Father puts in place the following. And he says, then is those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, and then those who speak with unknown languages. And he asks an interesting question, and he answers it. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak with unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. And now let me show you the way of life that is best for all. And right smack dab in the middle, he puts the love chapter. Love is patient and kind, keeps no record, makes us all look at that and go, oh, okay, long way to go here, Lord. But then he picks up in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And he gives some really amazing instruction here. But I would like you to look at, in the beginning part of chapter 12, I want you to look at, in verse 4, 5, 6, and 7, King James says it this way. So you're there, 1 Corinthians 12. Well, let me start in the beginning because it, it kind of said, Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers... I would not have you be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles and carried away into these dumb idols. Even some of you were there, led. Wherefore, I give, you, give it to you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are diversity of gifts but the same Spirit. So I want you to stop there. What he's saying is there are different gifts, but they're given by the Holy Spirit. 
The New Living Translation, that's the word for word. New Living says that there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it's the same spirit that is the source of them all. So we know that the Holy Spirit is the giver of the charismata. Wisdom, knowledge, discernment. That's why we ask the Lord through Luke 11, ask the Father, he'll send the Holy Spirit. You that have evil fathers know good gifts are given, so ask the Father, he'll give you the Holy Spirit. Once the Holy Spirit inbreds, once we're indwelt with the baptism, and we've taught on the baptism before, you can look at that in Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 19, um, that it, it was poured out even after salvation. Paul asked it, um, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, when I was a Baptist, it was, of course, I got it all. Well, not according to Scripture. In, ch- in fact, in Acts chapter 8, it says, the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out on the believers, and therefore it fell on them. You can read that in Acts chapter 8. And then Acts 19, when, when uh, Paul gets to Corinth, uh, to Ephesus, he says, he met with the 12 believers, Greek brothers, and he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, was their response. We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. Well, then what baptism did you experience? It's interesting terminology in the Greek. It says, because baptism is an experience. When you get fired up in the Holy Ghost, it's a major experience. Some of them are pretty dramatic, right? Tongues of fire, we saw that in Acts chapter 2, right? So we know that the Holy Spirit gives the gifts, the charismata gifts that are listed, and there's nine of them there. But I want you to look at the next one. Um, And there are different, this is in verse 5, there are differences of administrations but the same Lord. Interesting in the King James. Different administrations. So what, he, what Paul's saying is the Holy Spirit gives the Holy Spirit charismatic gifts and the Lord gives administrative gifts. Okay, following with me. We'll look at it in the New Living. It says this way um, in verse five. It says, there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. And then God works different ways, but it's the same God who does the same work. In the King James, it's even, I think for me, a little clearer. It says, so there are different kinds of administrations given by the Lord Jesus Christ, and there are diversity of operations, but it is the same God that works it all. Let me break it down. I can't be dogmatic about it, but this is the way I see it. Holy Spirit comes, you get baptized, ask him in, you get the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So that if you're operating anywhere in the world, and somebody needs a prophetic gift, a healing gift, a tongues interpretation, you're the man or woman on the hour for that season, Holy Spirit's in you, whatever you need, you plug in, ask the Lord to give it to you, and you can do it. That's the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? Because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, know you not, that you are the temple of God, he dwells in you, right? You're the living stones, the royal priesthood, First Peter 2. So, we ought to get that one. We've hammered that one pretty hard scripturally. Now, but then he goes on and says, the Lord gives different administrations. I believe the Holy Spirit, we'll look at this in a minute. He, we'll look at the, 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 what I call the offices of the Lord, which are one's prophet and the other's apostles, like Paul said. So, so this administration and then operations. Here's how I break it down. The Father said, I want a global river church planted in 
Wilmington, North Carolina, it will operate from this season to this season, and their focus and their operation is going to be Nepal, India. I want them to take these places. I'm getting zapped right now. I want these, uh, this operation to go into these places with this focus. I'd like them to run a house of mercy ministry. I'd like them to do tent ministries, and I'm going to bring that about. I'm going to put the spirit in it. I'm going to raise up that operation over Global River Church. That's my operation. The Father says so. But I need certain administrators. So let's go find this crazy nuclear engineer who's got some mother who's prayed him into the kingdom and we'll put him in charge for a season. That's the administration of the Global River Church. Now if you want to put it in a business term, if there's a, an operation, take a, a corporation, a company, they, get, they, get, they, they become formed, they're given a corporate license, they must be registered under the government but it's the board of directors who decides who the CEO is. So you've got an, the operation, you've got the administration, and then you have the individuals who are the salespeople who go about and they do the work of the administration of the operation. That's how I see it in my analytical mind. Biblically, I believe that's how God the Father set it up. I'm going to have this parachurch organization in this location of the world. I'll raise up my leader. I'll put that in that. That operation is going to operate. And they're all different and they're all functional. It's amazing how God does all these things, right, with different focuses. You got a ministry that takes care of the orphans in this area of the world, and it's there for a season. He'll run, he'll raise up a, a Hagen or a, um, an Oral Roberts for a season, and those are the operations and the administrations, and they're broken down by the three parts of the triune God. Now, why that matters is because um, you're going to see later, let's, let's turn now to Ephesians, before we dump, drop down into the specifics of prophecy, turn with me to Ephesians. God bless you. We know in Ephesians 2.10 that we are his workmanship and we've been appointed unto good works from the foundation. So you were created for such a time as this with a purpose and a, and a right? So he, he's already decided before you were born what he'd like you to do. You're a masterpiece, he says. Okay, now in Ephesians 4, he speaks of unity in the body. But then there's an interesting scripture that, uh, I love this book of Ephesians, we're, we're going to really d dig into it, so we're going to have six weeks of a study on it, which uh, I know Lisa's going to take us really deep into it, so it'll be good. She's been studying for months and months, since she's a good teacher, so uh, come back in a couple of weeks and we'll start that whole study. But I want you to look at us, interesting how we take this apart. This is the place where Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, they were in revival, look at verse um, let's start in verse 7. Ephesians 4, 7. However, he has given each of one of us a special gift. King James says, unto every one of us is given a grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Through the generosity of Christ, that's why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a, a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended, that he clearly means that Christ also descended into the lowly world. And the same one who de descended is the one who ascended higher than the heavens 
so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Really lofty scripture there. What we're seeing is we know that when, when he died on the cross, he ascended into Sheol. If you look at Hades and Sheol and the scriptures there, he ascended, says he got the keys, <laughs> he unlocked what is no, I think in Luke's gospel talks about Abraham's bo- bosom, all those who were in that place, the holding place, waiting for the resurrected Christ. So Ephesians speaks of this, Peter speaks of this, he ascends in, he's got the keys, he unlocks Abraham's bosom, says, come on, we're out of here, and then we know that during the the whole time when he died, people came out of their grave. This is the godly ones came out of their graves and walked around in Jerusalem. Man, what a wild time that would have been, right? And so, he, but here, here he goes on and he teaches another thing. He says this, verse 11, Ephesians 4:11. if those were the gifts, he ascended to the heavens that the whole place might be filled with all things of himself. Verse 11, he says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. So it often are called the five offices given by the Lord himself. Here's the administration. Remember, we got the Father establishes a work, global, but it's the Lord who appoints who are the placeholders of the offices. Who's your, and I got to tell you, for 17 years, I asked the Lord to raise up the prophet over Global River. I could see I had prophesied, had words over me of the apostolic going to the nations, planting works and all that. Um, Different fathers and mothers had prophesied that over me. Uh, We certainly have great teachers. We have evangelists. I mean, I kid Pastor Willie. You know, he he could try to lead the, the podium to the Lord. Just watch him in the jailhouse. And when, he, when, you're, when he's out, he just burns in that. You've got to know the Lord, right? So we have the evangelists. We have the teachers. We have the apostolic. We have the, the what well, we, we really lack the prophet. We, I was like, wow, is this the one, the prophetic? And we'll see. It takes quite a while to create the office, the character of the office of the prophet. In fact, Bill Johnson and, and uh, Chris Vollant say they think it takes about 14 years to build up the, the office of a prophet. We're going to look at the distinction between the, 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 the gift of prophecy and the office of the prophet. But if you were here a few years ago, about three years ago now, um, I could tell that the, 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 the special anointing on Michael Thornton, Pastor Michael, I, just by being around him, when I saw him under the tent years ago, wasn't part of ministry, was still at Heritage Bible College, headed to Regent, married to, uh, to Amber, and was both myself and my armor bearer, Phil Walls. We just had this unction that, hmm, this guy. And I went over and said, I don't know how we're going to do it, but I believe you're supposed to go to Tanzania with us. We'll pay your way. And he goes, who are these guys, and what are they talking about, and where am I going? You know, he'd been in Japan with the military, uh, Marine Corps and all that, but nah, this wasn't, you know. At the same time, one of our ladies operating in the gift of prophecy walked over to Amber under the same tent at Mount of Olives, which is where the tent had been situated at that time, which is where Michael met the Lord, where he got delivered from his drugs and alcohol, had a vision of the Lord, which I didn't know until later. So we got it set up in the Mount of Olives. We walked under that place, and it was the same place the Star News on the front page said, this is the North Carolina phenomenon, which was the prophecy of Derek Prince, which we had just found out about. All of it's like, whoa, God, these are prophetic words that are just like, in my... all right. 
One of our ladies operating in the gift of prophecy walks up to Amber and says, you don't know me. I don't know your husband that well, but I just feel like your husband's going to be going to Africa, and it's from the Lord. Now, she, we didn't connive that. We didn't figure that out, and we didn't, you know, we were still working on the going to Tanzania with Leif Hetland, and in the meantime, Phil Walls and I said, where's he supposed to go with us? Yeah. We walk up, and we accost him. If you remember Phil, he could accost you, and uh, he says, oh, okay, and you know, my, yeah, yeah, who are these guys? And so he goes, these guys just told me they're going to pay my way to go to Africa. Yeah, Amber says, yeah, I know. Um, we have a prophetic word that you're supposed to go. <laughs> anyway, he ends up going, and that started a bond. Watching Pastor Willie and Mike, Pastor Michael Thornton, when we were ministering to the, uh, the lepers, and just the whole thing, the... the, the at that point, I realized there's something in the prophetic makeup. I could see the gift of the prophetic on Pastor Michael. And so I've been praying, Lord, who's, who is the prophet over global? Who's the fifth placeholder of the offices in the body if you've placed them there, if we're going to function properly? Because he says, remember we just read, he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be teachers. Are they all that way? No, they're not. Not in the offices. They're given by the Lord in the administration of the operation that's set in place by the Father. Is that making sense? I'm trying to build biblically why I believe that's important. So three years ago, uh, we invite, we're doing the tent. We got it set up down by the armory. The Jesus tent is set up. It was an amazing outpouring in our city. We invite um, Bob Hazlitt, who is a prophet under Randy Clark's administration, and uh, seen him operate accepted by um, Bill Johnson. Well, we just invite him here. In the midst of it, Pastor Mike is sitting over there, and he doesn't know. He, first, he didn't, he'd never been to Wilmington. He flew in, and if you, fl- you know, those guys, they fly all over, right? He didn't know we had a college. He goes, I know you're by the water, right? But, but I don't know anything about your town. I don't know how big it is. I know. And he gets out, and he starts prophesying. He says, I have a word. And I sat right here, because I didn't even want him to know he probably figured I was the pastor, but I didn't introduce myself. I didn't precondition him. I didn't tell him anything. I didn't tell him what we do. I didn't tell him we have churches overseas. I just want, I want to hear this. If he's a prophet, let's see it. We'll test it, right? And so I'm not, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but, I, uh, and then he gets up there, and if you were here, we could pull it up at some point. He starts prophesying about the revival and that there's, there's going to be igniting Of course, Ignite Ministries, Michael had just formed up Ignite Ministries to put the tents up, right? Ignite Jacksonville, Ignite Wilmington, Ignite Dunn, Ignite, right? And then he starts speaking about the Cane Ridge Revival, which Pastor Mike preached about a couple weeks ago because he went down and got the key from the Cane Ridge Revival, right? Anyway, when I said, and he said, I see him writing, there's going to be books written on Ignite, I know I'm butchering this whole thing, but... He was clearly to me speaking of Pastor Michael. And I said, I turned to him, I said, are you aware that we have a person who's written a book, Fire in the Carolinas, and he has a ministry called Ignite Ministries? He goes, where is that guy? And he came up and then nailed and said, now I'm dropping the mantle of the prophet upon you. Now, if you, if you look at all the things that have been taking place in the network. So I can brag about him now. He's not here, so he can't get puffed up in pride. But I believe that brought in place the five-fold ministry that is spoken of. And if a church is going to go forward in it, um, 
we need the we need healthy office holders in each of those positions. Then we need healthy administrators, and we need healthy people that operate in the gifts who know what their gifts are. That's why we do the GRC Connects. We do the gifts evaluation to to help us all. Well, who am I, and what do I do, and what do I like to do, and then how do I get skilled in doing it, right? So that's why all that an introduction to get to why are we after the gift of prophecy, and why is that so important? And I believe most of us have, I think we had one or two, two, that said they had some training in the gift of prophecy coming up. And so um, it's, I think it's been this revelation in the last 30 years, probably Oral Roberts and them started, that whole group there started the gift of healings, which then has brought back all of the gifts of the Spirit, which are now uh, moving. Now, I believe last few years, been the gift of prophecy has been brought on the stage. Okay, now let's look at, go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and let's look at the biblical mandate of how we are to apply in this and how we can't skate, right? We have to be doers of the word. We have to be hearers and doers of the word, right? And like I said, when I used to read these scriptures, when I became when I left General Electric and I became a full-time pastor, I didn't read the rest of that part of Corinthians where it says, the job of the offices are to equip the saints to do the work of ministry, right? So, I'm sorry, why don't you turn back and I'll have you, I want you to see that. So look at Ephesians 4. So he, he raises up the five offices, Ephesians chapter 4, it says he gave some, Ephesians 4, 11, he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. How for how long? Did it cease when the apostles died? No, till we all come into unity of faith of the knowledge of the Son of God unto the perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We're not there yet, right? <laughs> the world is not there yet. He hasn't come. New Living says it this way. It says, um, the gifts of Christ, the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and their responsibility, my responsibility is to equip you, God's people, to do the work, his work, not my work, his work, and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and the knowledge of the God's Son that we are mature in the Lord and measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So, that's a a fair amount of background, but I, I think if you, for me, logically, then I can say, oh, I see the building blocks of all the, you know. So when we, for example, when we were a vineyard church and I came in and as an associate pastor in the vineyard church, I'd been a church plant vineyard in Georgia, an associate pastor there while I worked for GE, he was going to seminary. And then when Steve Mattis said, come back and be my associate here, we're a vineyard church, it was planted. And so when Steve Mattis left, and I became the senior pastor in 2004, um, for the next two years, I did my best to be a, a vineyard pastor. I, we had never gone to any of the vineyard uh, meetings. I said, we're going to start going. I made sure we paid our heave offering. 3% of our income went to the, the master. That's part of being part of the association rules. And 
Uh, I said, we're going to do that. We, we hadn't been doing it. I said, well, well we're going to do what's required. If we're going to be vineyard, we're going to be vineyard. We're going to do what's right. Yeah, yes, sir. And so, but at that time, vineyard was starting to go into seeker sensitive. John Wimber had died. Burton Wagner had taken over as the administration leader of the Vineyard Association of U.S. churches, 600 of us. There were 600 in Europe and another, I think, 800 in uh, South America. And when the decision by the vineyard leadership to challenge the validity of Israel, that when they went in the direction of replacement theology, that we, the church, are now Israel, not just grafted in, as Romans speaks of in 11, we are now Israel. And all the stuff about Israel, there could be a two-state solution. Not all evangelicals have to support um, Israel by itself. There are those that support the Palestinians. When that came out in a letter form to then George Bush, me as the administrator of this church said, we have just, I believe, stepped into apostasy. I can no longer administrate under that covering when I look at Scripture. But here's my fear. I didn't start the operation of this church. This was planted by Steve Mattis under the operation of the Holy Spirit. It had been fruitful here. Things were going. So far be it from me, the administrator here, now the senior pastor, to change the operation, even though I'm under the Lord Jesus Christ, to change the operation set in place by the Father. Men don't do that. You don't, you don't do works of men when the Father puts the work in place. So I went to the board. I said, Lord Jesus, help me. I don't know what to do. I, I feel this tension between, I believe, the support of Israel. Those who bless Israel, Genesis 12, 3, will be blessed. Those who don't will be cursed. I cannot. I either need to resign or we need to do, so I went to the board, and I said, we got to keep this very private. There were seven men on the board at that time. We need to keep this private, but I showed them the letter sent to then President Bush by our head of the vineyard. I said, they're, they're supporting the Palestinians, and man, I, I mean, I, I'd want to take care of them as a people group, but I'm not in a two-state solution. Anyone who separates the land of Israel will be accursed. I, so we all agreed to pray. And of course, the, those board members at the time had been supporting Israel, funds. We still support Mayaz, another organization in Israel. We've been there many times, have supported them, raised funds. So those guys were like, yeah. I said, we can't change the operation of this place and our affiliation without God's approval. So we're going to fast and we're going to pray. And we started praying. Within one week, this is crazy. Some of you may know this man, um, What's his name? Anyway, he was a Jewish Christian, Ben Keyes. Ben Keyes was a Jewish, is a Jewish Christian, had been here before, prayed for people. They got gold teeth. It was during, and, but I hadn't seen him in a year. And he calls me up out of the blue. He lives in Wrightsville Beach. He, I, don't, I think he might still be there. He's an artist. And he calls me, he goes, I have a word for you, and I must meet with you for coffee. Can we meet at Port City Java? Now, I said, yeah, sure, Ben. I thought, am I in trouble? You know, those kind of phone calls. Anyway, so... We meet, and he goes, I have a word from you from the Lord. You are not going to be a vineyard church anymore. You're going to be a Bill Johnson, Randy Clark church. I said, who have you been talking to? He goes, the Lord. I said, well, that's good. Write it down and sign it and date it for me. At which point, <clears throat> that's a pretty strong prophetic word, right? We're, as the 
those responsible for the administration of the church put in place under the church government are asking God, the, the, the Father, who op, is the head of all operations, what do you want us to do now? We're asking you for, for direction. And he sets up a Jewish Christian, which I thought was amazing, to come and deliver me a prophetic word that has profoundly changed the direction of this church and the operations. There are literally thousands in the kingdom today as a result of part of that prophetic word. So I'm trying to set you up as why prophecy is so important. But I said, you know, Lord, I'm sorry if I'm a little... I don't think that's enough, God. So if we're going to change this operation, because I don't want men's will to override your will. So can you give us one more, Lord? So I brought that to the board, and I said, let's keep praying. It wasn't a week, maybe two, no longer than two weeks later, Brian, who does all of our, he wasn't a board member, he'd just come over from another church, he and Lisa sat right there like he does on a lot of Sundays, and I wouldn't say it annoyed me, but there was a lot of time he would sketch during my sermons, and but now I'm glad. I mean, you know, hey, I'm good. I'm, I've loosened up. And sleeping gets me still a little annoyed. But, but okay. So he comes up at the end of service. And he has his sketch pad. And he goes, Pastor, I'm sorry. I didn't hear a word of your sermon. I said, okay. He goes, but I, I know this is from the Lord, but I have no clue what it means. And it was a beautifully drawn china plate, ornate drawing all around the sides, and it was completely separated and broken in two halves. And it said at the bottom, there's a formal breaking coming. He goes, I don't know what it means, but I'm to give it to you here. And I said, I know exactly what it means. So I took that, I said, can you sign that and date that thing? And I took it to the board. I said, okay, I believe now the Father has changing the operation of affiliation, and now it becomes if we don't, now we're at alignment. So I went to the board, and so I, I called my overseer, and I said, look, I cannot submit now. I believe biblically. He goes, well, you're not the only one. In fact, there were a lot that vacated the vineyard at that time, including my overseer's church in Georgia. And so, uh, and there were others that left because they had been forced to stop doing the gifts and be more seeker-sensitive, and that was not the origination. I believe that mantle that John Wimber carried, it's just my opinion, went to, to Bill Johnson. And Bill Johnson had hands laid on many times by John Wimber. And so, again, just you'll know them by their fruit, right? And so that's just a presumption on my side, but I, that's what I see. So I wrote a very respectful letter to the Vineyard Association withdrawing our, our association as an independent church. We're no longer affiliated. We'd like your blessing. Uh, Burton Wagner wrote back a blessing. We release you from that. And then I called up Bill Johnson. We'd already been part of... Uh, Randy Clark's network of apostolic um, network of global awakening because we've been going to the nations for at that point four years with him seeing miracles etc all take place so I called up Bill I said I need a daddy right now he goes and now remember no no man by the flesh no by the spirit Bill and I had we had run the deliverance tents for Bill and Randy he had seen our operate he had seen our people in the field in the midst of so he had a a one, we'd have coffee in Belém, Brazil, you know, sitting there. That's before he got real famous and was running all over the world. And so, and so he said, you're in, son. And he prophesied over us. He gave us a prophetic word. He says, now words, names are extremely important. What are you going to call your new operation? I said, I don't know. He goes, it's very important that you ask the Lord about because names matter. And so 
I said, okay. <clears throat> so I said, I went to my wife. We started praying. And there are all different names that were being submitted about this. You know, we're going to do this. And, and uh, the river was there. We liked the river. And, and uh, one day my wife woke up and she opened to Ezekiel 47. The river of God is rising. Ankles, knees, come out deeper, come out deeper. The angel says, come on deeper to the point where the river takes you, right? And it starts from the throne of God and it goes to all the nations and brings healing. So that it's that same river in Revelation 22. It talks about the river on the side of the banks. Every, there's new fruit every month and it brings healing to the nations. I'm like, oh. And then Brent, unbeknownst to any of that, who led worship um, a week ago, he writes a song called The River, which has, and he goes, I said, when did you write that song? He goes, it's just been burning on me. I'm like, okay. So anyway, and then Global River Missions. Yeah, Global River. So Bill prophesies over Global River. And so I want you to see the, the flow down. I believe the, how the Lord in his administration of the operations of the kingdom the church of Jesus Christ, all the different body parts, how they, that's why we can't make fun of a bit different body part. Because the revel, if, if they are truly under the operation and administration of God the Father and Jesus Christ and then the Holy Spirit, they may be different, but you don't want to call your foot ugly. I mean, you need your foot, right? And so, so there's all those different operations, but I want you to see prophetically how a prophetic word can change the course of whole organizations and, the, and, and lives. How, how many of you have had prophetic words that have changed your life? Okay. If you know my story, when I was getting ready to leave General Electric, I cut a deal with God. You got to send me two prophet, prophetic words, people that know nothing, and you got to make my wife want to be a pastor's wife because she'd already told me she'd never do it. Sheep had actually tortured the people we had been, we were actually helping a pastor's wife in Georgia in the startup church. She was ready to quit the ministry because of such bites from all the sheep in the house. And my wife said, I, they're just mean sheep. I said, no, not every one of them, honey. They're just broken. I said, well, you have to change your heart. So the Lord gave her a dream. That was a prophetic dream that told her one night, Ginny, you need to trust me you, all night long. Ginny, you need to trust me. You need to trust. Why won't you trust me? Brought her back to an open vision she'd had ten year, nine and a half years earlier, sitting in the bubble bath of a house I let her build after our marriage almost ended, and the Lord had restored us. And I said, here, your distraction, I got a nice promotion. Go build yourself a house. And she took a year, built the house, re- Yay, the bubbles are all like, yay, God, I'm here. This is so good. I never, I never had anything. She's so humble. But the Lord said, enjoy it right now because within 10 years, you and Tom will be enjoying ministry with me in a different capacity. You're going to have to tighten your belt or something. And she told me that. Oh, yeah, when I retire, we'll go on missions or something. That'll be good. The Lord reminded her of that open vision prophetically. The same night, he told her, trust me, and he gave her an open vision of children, black children, African-American, uh, 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 children from Africa, it turned out to be, in, in, uh, in uh, Malawi, Tet, Malawi, with Heidi Baker. She's in a Land Rover, and a hundreds of little black children surround the Land Rover in the dirt, preaching and singing about Jesus. Our first trip to Mozambique, we pulled into to, uh, Tet, Malawi, with Heidi and the team, 
And several hundred children came out of the bush, surrounded her. For the next three hours, my wife danced in the dirt with Coke cans and, and rocks and with garbage cans with all the kids, tears crying, falling down. She says, I said, so I want you to see prophetically it can change the course of a person's life. It'll set them free. It can change the direction of men. That's why prophecy is so critical. That's why Paul says, above all. So, let's look. Let's get back into 1 Corinthians 14. Yes. The Sunday morning that I first came to Global River, I had been attending another church. But ever since I came to Wilmington, my prayer was, God, I really want to be in another Bill Johnson church because I liked his, his teaching and everything so much. And that Sunday morning, I'm getting ready to go to the other church, and God says, I want you to go to Global River. Oh, well, it wasn't Global River. It was the vineyard at that time still. He hadn't changed the sign. And I'm going... Mm, but God, you know, I'm, I'm already going to this other church. And he, says, he, he and I argued for at least 20 minutes. <laughs> and finally I went, okay, okay, you, I, I'm, I'm giving in. You really want me there. So I come in. I'm sitting back there. And that was the Sunday that you announced that you were no longer the vineyard and that you were affiliating with Bill Johnson. Wow. Do you remember I, I remember, came I, up and said that to yep, you? I remember that. And so it was like. Wow, I was part of all of that and didn't even know Lord why. told you to go to a Bill Johnson church, and it happened that day. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, now I remember that, yeah. Yeah, that was confirming for me. So, <clears throat> Which is good because the Lord says he places us in the body part we're supposed to be in. 1 Corinthians, I think it's 12, 28. I just have to share that that's also the first day that... Spirit and Truth got started was really? when you gave the announcement. And I just felt like that was like the Lord was waiting for that covering to be over us. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Those are exciting remembrances for me. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, look at 1 Corinthians uh, 14. Remember, he just finished the love chapter, the one that anytime you think you're the, you're, the, you're the super lover, just read 1 Corinthians 13, you can go back. Never keep a record of wrong. Never, you know, like, oh, love is patient. Yeah, not even this afternoon, Lord. Just before I went to the health club, I had a really rough day. And, you know, it was one of those days, things this, and, and then as I'm rushing to go to the health club so I could get here and get all the copies, patent, the copy machine, it was one of those days. I pull in the driveway, and my wife, who had, she goes to work at 6.30 to Nanny, took my car, which is our car, but it's my car, and I didn't have my keys to the office, and then I didn't have this and that, and as I'm pulling in, I go to roll up her window, and the window comes off the track, and it don't, doesn't close, <laughs> and then I'm just being transparent, so Katie and Ginny are in there, Katie's getting ready to go with Addie to the tent, my wife's going to help my son make a move thing, and uh, she goes, well, did you pray over it? Yes. She goes, I'll pray. I said, okay, we'll start praying. So there's the fruit of the Spirit really operating well. And, uh, and so she goes out, and it doesn't go up. And I'm like, so right now I have a raincoat stuck in my wife's window. And anyway, so I'm like repenting. It's like, okay, love is patient and kind. And 
<sighs> After the health club, I felt better. So, all right. 1 Corinthians 14. So we can all get more of that love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faith, right? Get, get under the Holy Spirit move. But here's what he says. Verse 1. Let love be your highest goal. Boy, you could say out right there. You can have all your wonderful gifts. You can do all these things, right? What does he say? If, I'm a, if I don't do it with love, I'm just a lot of noise. If I burn my body for the kingdom, it's, it's worth nothing. I don't care about what, what the Holy Spirit says. I don't care about your sacrifice. I don't care how many. It has to be grounded in the love of God. So that's good. If we, if we anchor all of what we do there. But, he goes on, but the but is, but after you got that down, you should also desire special abilities the, the Spirit gives. Especially the ability to prophesy. Now, so here's Paul. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it'll still be be all mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts. Now, you might want to underline that. The gift of prophecy should be grounded first in love, but it should strengthen the one you're speaking to. It should encourage the one you're speaking to, and it should comfort the one you're speaking to. It's not the fire and brimstone. I see you getting in a car accident and God's really angry at you. That's not helpful, okay? Um, A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. So if there's any question about what the expectation is for prophecy for any of us and all of us, I don't know how you skate from that one. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you're saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. He goes on, he teaches about that, but then um, in verse 12 he says, the same is true for, for you since you're eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives us, all those that will strengthen the whole church. He goes on and speaks more about praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. There's, there's really two types of tongues, I believe he talks about here. The gift of tongues from angels, the, the, the heavenly voice, and then there's the, the heavenly language, and then the language of men, which you may not know the dialect of, but he does. And so there's two that are edified there. Um, in verse, four, uh, 14, uh, verse 18 says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you, but in a church meeting I would rather speak five understanding words to help others than 10,000 words of an unknown language. Brothers and sisters, now if you were here Sunday, what an amazing service, right? Uh, especially when men are dancing, something just happens, right? But we had the prophetic song, psalmist up there singing, but um, Vicki Glisson had, had sent me a prophetic word about the push, the baby being delivered, right? And then we had so many confirmations of that. And so the, the, the way the Holy Spirit orchestrated the whole service was for us to uh, be strengthened by any chains. We had the, the dance, right? Breaking chains. We had the power to him right here. Right? Anybody could break chains. So the whole, I believe the whole day, the whole weekend was a prophetic revelation of breaking through, pushing through. It went from song to word to the deliverance of the prophetic word, the activation of the different dances, the words, the, the, all of it um, is what the Lord wants to do to bring us into those levels. So 
I desire that all of you would prophesy, right? And so, dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish, verse 20, in your understanding of these things. Wow. Be innocent babies when it comes to evil, but mature in your understanding of the matters of this kind. So in other words, you need to grow up about this whole thing about gifts, guys, is what he's saying, right? It is written in the scriptures, I'll speak in, uh, speak to my peop- my own people through the strange languages and through the lips of foreigners, but, but even then, they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So you see, speaking in tongues is a sign for the believers, but unbelievers, prophecy, right? If you kind of go into Walmart and start going, I'm out of here, thanks. I don't know what that guy's weird. Get the, get the straight jacket on them, right? But if you go up to him and say, you know, I just, man, when I saw you, I just felt like I was supposed to ask you, are you doing okay? Is there something wrong with your back? How did you know that? Because I just feel God wants me to pray for you. Okay. So prophetic words unlock, right? And so um, that's why the fully equipped body of believers who operate connected to the word of God through the gifts of prophecy is like you're connected to the vine, right? Uh, shared this morning in our intercessory prayer out of, uh, before communion out of John 15. We are the, he's the vine, we're the branches. So if I'm really tied to the, the flow of life from the vine, then I can hear because my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And so therefore, we just do whatever he tells us to do, right? And then he gives us these downloads. A couple of weeks ago, I shared, um, right? He, the secrets of the Lord belong to the people of God and their children forever, Deuteronomy 29, right? And then he goes on and says, kings are just supposed to search them out. The God will hide those things, but kings, he says in prophecy, should search them out. So he loves to share secrets with his kids. And we get excited and say, whoa, you shared a secret with me. Like, I mean, I guess he could have given a prophetic word, Tom, leave the vineyard and change. But it's more it's exciting, intriguing with, here's the artist. And what do you think of that? And the Jewish guy says, hey, this is what you think. It's like, whoa, God. And so what is it? It tunes us. What are you doing? What do you say? Search. It's not, it's not this robot thing, you know. Do this, do this. It's like, I want to enter in a relationship with you. I'd like to share with you. Do, you. do you know my heart about this? Is your heart right about the transition? Or are you angry, judgmental, and critical of the operation you're now leaving? Will you do it with honor or will you do it with dishonor? These are all, I think, part of the the intrigue of the relationship of let love be your highest goal. And man, I, I know I'm not there yet. So, But I do get what he's saying here is we have to pursue this prophetic operation. And then he ends the chapter um, in verse 30, let's look at 38. I don't know why, if a man's ignorant, let him be ignorant. That's really nice. Okay, but brethren... <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. 39. Brethren, covet to prophesy and don't forbid speaking in tongues, but let everything be done decently in order. So Paul makes it really clear in the New Testament church, tongues, interpretation of tongues, all the gifts, and the gift of prophecy especially. So if you're fearful about prophecy or don't do it, then I'm just saying Start doing it. Start operating it. So we're going to look at that. So let's, uh, in our remaining 20 minutes or so, that's, that's groundwork. But I hope it gives you a biblical basis 
as to why we're going after this in a whole new level of way. Because the health of the church, to be a New Testament church operating in the fullness of all the gifts, we all got to be tied in and asking God for rightly fitted together. The teachers need to be teaching, right? Those who are givers need to be givers. He says, if, he said that in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 at the last part. He says, if you have these gifts, do them. Do them well. Do them unto the Lord, right? Okay. But prophecy, we're all supposed to do it. So if you'll open in your um, ministry manual. By the way, um, there were a whole bunch of these ministry manuals borrowed <laughs> that haven't come back. So that's okay. But um, when you get done with this class, give them back to me, okay? Would that that'd be good? Uh, you can purchase them, but we, we use them from class to class, and it's, as you can imagine, it's a little pricey to make all these, but I'm, I'm glad you got them, but just, I've had people come back two years later, yeah, I borrowed this two years ago. Wow, that's great, but I needed it last year. Okay, that's just a little bit of a dig, but I know, I'm good. I told you to keep it till these, the end of these two classes. When we start Ephesians, if you'd give it back, that'd be great. And you'll know that because uh, it'll say on the front of this church property, right, return it, Okay. Just a little hint there from Pastor Terry and I. <laughs> sure. It's different. We've expanded it. We've added, the, like, the guidelines of prophecy. Um, so, yeah, this, uh, this is what we're now teaching our GRC Connect, the new, new folks coming to the church. People are part of our ministry team. That's why I wanted to spend six weeks. We spent six weeks on... Uh, breaking free, but now the gift of prophecy, because a lot of you have already had instruction on healing and salvation. But okay, so turn with me to module 13. Uh, and if you don't have, are we out of them back there? Is everybody, uh, maybe couples, married couples, if you could share? Uh, does anybody not have one back there? One? All couples have one, or you don't have one, Marlene? How many are missing? No, no, no. We have to have it. Um, Marlene, could you go out in the foyer? I've got the, on the rack for sale. There's a couple of uh, out there, I think. We just need how many? Okay, bring, bring a couple in, Marlene. Thanks. This is a, uh, a, a couple of years ago, we put this together to, to kind of help people um, realize this is the way Global River approaches the prophetic revelation. And you, you'll notice we do it through dance. Mary Esther and her team are just like, they come up with these downloads. that are, I'm always amazed at how they fit with everything that's going on. Let's see, one up here. And uh, yeah, thank you. Anybody else need one? Um, we do it through the, the prophetic art. We often see it through the children who have been also drawing prophetic pictures. Um, We'll do it through song, lyrics, the, the worship leaders. We ask them prophetically. We ask them to operate almost like harp and bowl. You'll notice when Sarah and Amber this weekend with, and Hannah, when they would flow, they would have the lyrics of the set songs, but then they might flow into an area where we're into the prophetic song. And so there's all aspects of the guidelines of prophecy, but what's the protocol? Um, it would be out of order, if I'm in the middle of my sermon and someone were to stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord, 
Now, there are churches that that's allowed. We've had a couple of times where that's gone, and we go to them later and say, that's not the way we facilitate the protocol here. If you have a word from the Lord, we'll look at this. It says the prophets are subject to the prophets. If you have a word, well, I have a word right now, and I, if I don't give it right now, I'm out of order. No, I'm sorry. That's not the way it works. If you have a word, bring it to whoever's facilitating the service. It may be a word that is for now. It may be for you or it may be for later, but it's the responsibility of whoever's administrating that service flow to hear that word, and they'll be responsible if they hear the Lord right or miss it. But that's just the way it works here. It works in order, and I'm always amazed, whoever's facilitating, but when people come, Pastor, I just heard this, or some will say, they'll give me the scripture, and how we get confirmation of multiple directions on the flow of the Lord. And so, that's just a protocol. There are different ministries that do it different ways. Um, if you've ever been in a Pentecostal, when the, when the Holy Spirit starts moving, they might be running, running around the service. I've seen 80-year-old grandmas running in circles. And that's the prophetic word's all over me. You've never seen that one? No. Yeah, Terry's saying that. Um, yeah, well, you're free to do it. But um, there, there, there may be others that are... Um, Rolling, you know, the Holy Roller thing, the, the Quakers, they, they, they're really the reason they got Quakers in it, right? And so, okay, prophecy guidelines. Are you there? Module 13.1. We've already read this in 1 Corinthians 14. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. So we've already read that. Now, he, we take this apart, and the prophetic teaching, after the teaching, will be released to give a word of prophecy. The first step in prophecy, first bullet there at the, towards the bottom, is always humility and a close relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, you'll really be on track if you're not looking to give a word to impress anyone. You're really giving a word to encourage, to exhort, to help be helpful. Um, I... I love the way our ministry team often does this. They'll be praying for, someone will come up with a you know, broken need or a request and they'll get a download. They'll either see a picture, they'll see a body part, they'll hear a phrase, they'll get a scripture. Um, this happens often in prayer ministry. And because when two or three gather in his name and it's grounded in love, who is love, he releases the gift that's appropriate for that particular ministry. And so if you approach prophecy, whether it's individual one-on-one -on -one with prayer in a group setting, um, it has to be done with humility. I'm not to make a show of it to impress everybody that I have the word. You're out of order. Now, if you get a strong word and it's amazing, it's hard not to feel the praise. The, I'm up, it's kind of like the racehorse who's running as opposed to being in the stall. I'm doing what the Lord, I'm made to do. And so Bill Johnson always says, just deflect all that praise on the Lord and feel good, but it's okay. And so, but Bill Hammond's um, book, I love that, this book here, on page 26, he deals with one of the, the major focuses or primary responsibilities of the prophet in the house is to call people in the body to their destiny to their membership. A key role of the prophet and the prophecy that uh, in page 26 is to activate church members into their 
membership ministries. So it's kind of like, man, I see you dancing. I see you dancing and like leading women ministers and dance. Or I see you caring for, I see you with kids with diapers. And are you, are you in children's ministry? I love kids. Well, you need to get with the kids. You're going to raise them up. I know there's one, uh, they, they often, Chris Volantin often brags about this lady. I don't know if she's still there. But there's a grandma that grew up in the Bethel church. She didn't want to be anywhere except with the babies. And for like 20, 18 some odd years, he t- I think he told me, 18 years, she was the head of the nursery. Changed the diaper. Says, you know the pastor of Bethel Church right now, Eric Johnson? I changed his diapers. I rocked him when he was crying, prophesying, and speaking tongues over his life when he was not even aware. You couldn't get me out of the nursery ever. That's what Bill, uh, Chris would say. He's like, Wow, she knew her gift. She knew her place. She said, I can influence these kids from way back when. So find your place because if you're doing the will of God in your place, there's where your reward is, <laughs> right? Okay, so uh, the activation of that is important. And of course, we know what uh, Timothy did. We studied Timothy a while back and said, um, Paul tells his son Timothy to activate the gifts that was given to you in the laying on of hands by the presbytery. When we, the elders of the church, laid hands on you, Timothy, we activated spiritual gifts. He encourages them to fan that in flames, right? Eagerly pursue, we've read all that. Okay, definition of prophecy. Look, page 13.2. In the Strong's Concordance, I've listed them in 5029, 30, and and 50.12 there. The different words for prophet, uh, prophecy, um, the prophet, the one in the office now, one who speaks for God in inspired utterance, often including the application of the message. It's interesting what came out after, prior to the Trump being elected as president, Mark Taylor, that was vetted by Israel. Uh, my friend who will be here in a few weeks um, from Israel vetted Mark Taylor. They talked to his pastor, they talked to his wife, they talked to his neighbors, they talked to his pastor, they called and said, did this guy really give this thing about Trump back in 2011 before he even ran, before he even knew he was going to run? Yes. Here's the word, here's what was said. He's a retired fireman, blah, blah, blah. All right. When um, the guy who just died with long hair, prophet, Kim Clement, when Kim Clement prophesied, I think it was 2007, I've heard the prophecy in Bethel Church about, Bill, about um, Trump, in, I think it was 2007, about him being the president. It's like, whoa, he's the same guy. I heard his prophecy before 9-11. He saw the planes flying over the, uh, the Long Island Sound, hitting the towers. So what is it about that prophetic word? The office of the prophet was declaring, they're obviously done so that things can be changed or modifications of behavior or a confirmation of God's in charge, not Hillary, right? So that, draw, that, that brings, com- I'm not trying to be critical. Well, yes, I am. But, but what I'm saying is God, God preordained what we're living in right now. If he's the guy who can put the stars in exact location of Orion's going to come in place and it's going to fulfill Revelation 12 this week, man, this God is huge and he knows everything. 
And so it was like, that ought to give us hope that, wow. Um, okay, so the prophet speaks inspired utterances. The prophet brings prophecy. It can be true or false. And to prophesy, Nabah, speak as a prophet or prophecy that has a focus on encouraging. You might want to underline Well, you can't underline the book unless it's yours. Encouraging, restoring, and telling, foretelling. And we'll, we'll look at those different aspects here, right? All right. Uh, another one there on top of page three. The word of the prophet, prophecy, is to focus on encouraging. These are all part of what's in Strong's Concordance. Um, so the purpose of prophecy, there, there, I list them. Encourage, convict, admonish, correct, inspire, give guidance. And a true prophet will lead others by humility towards unity, walking in obedience. Have any of you ever received a prophetic word that was really negative and really did some hurt to you? Anybody ever received one of those? Okay. Um, I had one when I was one year as the senior pastor. Whew. Holy mackerel. I might as well go hang it up. Um, now, fortunately, I had prophetic people around me, and I took that prophetic word that was given to me. Now, this person was out of order. Their family was out, and the fruit of his life was a mess, but came with me with a very, con- actually had actually gone to several elders and told them of my demise. And uh, then he came to me and said, this is what's going to happen to you. And I'm like, thank you for that word, I think. Write it down. And I brought it to my elders. And they said, that is a false word. It's delivered by someone who's operating in wound. Their life is out of order. You are to discard that prophetic word. You are not to. But I got to tell you, it's hard to cut yourself free of that. It really is. And so that's why if you're going to bring a word of correction, you'll see in our protocol, you don't get to do that in the gift of prophecy here unless you bring it to one of our pastors. If someone is, you get a word of tremendous warning. Or maybe it's like, I believe this person's going to marry this person and they're going to be pregnant in the next year. Bring that to a pastor and let's pray that one through. You may be right. And Corrective words, for sure, you'll see. You cannot give a strong, corrective, directive word to someone unless you bring it to the pastoral staff first. You may be correct, and and we may hear it, and we may have gotten more intelligence data from other areas, Um, or we may say, what I'd like you to do is hold that word and pray. Get your heart right. I've been told, Tom, you don't have enough love in your heart to give that word right now or to bring correction to that person. That's a good word. I've, I've had an armor bearer tell me, you, you've still got a lot of stuff going on here. You, you're going to do it, and you're going to bring that word truth, but it ain't going to be a word of love. I said, okay. So I had to work. So that applies for, for, for the pastoral staff as well. So question? Oh, sure, Joel. Took it to elders, yeah, and armor bearers. They prayed on it. They knew the individuals, the character. Um, they said, that we don't see any validity in the word. We know that the, war, the word was delivered by someone who's very angry at you, was bringing a vindictive word, 
not out of necessarily truth, but out of anger and wound. So, so they didn't actually just say, I'm just discerning right now. This no, they took the word and, and thought it through. And, and I had a friend one time that, that told me a prophecy, and of course he viewed it as you know, there's something quirky about this. And I told him when he told me, I said, you know, the Holy Spirit's showing me that that's not a real word. I mean, I actually sensed something. Yeah, you, you, yeah, and that's good, Joel. We're going we're gonna to actually look at how do you test a word when you get it? How do you, what, what are the screens you ought to pass that word through? One of them is elders, but you can also know if it doesn't line up with the spirit within you, I get checks all over what you're saying. I'm not, I'm not witnessing with that word, right? Um, especially if it's about church or circumstances or another person. If it's about yourself, sometimes it's hard to separate self from the word. Well, that can't be it. That's not my motive. And you get defensive. But you can bounce it off. What is the Spirit saying to you? What does the Word say? You know, if somebody gives you a word that says, I know now that you're never going to be in heaven. You're going to hell. Okay, well, first of all, that doesn't line up with the Word. If, I, if I've asked the Lord into my heart, and, and you mean I never can get saved from this point? I've so, I'm so lost, I can never get saved. It doesn't line up with the Word, right? So, good. Another question. had canceled death over your life? Um, well, I probably need to know a little more situation, but let's say that you're, um, you're sick, and so you've had a sent doctor say, the diagnosis says you're not going to make it. Well, we know a doctor that says, according to faith, all things are possible to those who believe. And according to your faith being unto you, um, he heals all sickness and all diseases. So for someone to say, you know, you're toast, and the prophet comes in and says, I'm canceling the spirit of death over your life. Now, the, prophetic, the prophet may see there's been this spirit of witchcraft, or they, might, they may see there's been an accusation or a curse sent against your life. He says, I'm canceling. I see the cancellation of the spirit of death over your life. I put some, that, okay, that can line up with the word of God. Right, and so again, um, we'll know it by its fruit. There have been. Um, I, I'm thinking of an example now where even prophetic people. Was it um, who's the South African guy who laughed all the time? Rodney Howard Brown, right? His daughter died, but there were prophetic words. There was a mixture, but there were prophetic words that she would live. She died, and of course, Rodney said. He saw a, visit or a visitation of his daughter who didn't want to come back. And so, again, test it, and you'll know it by its fruit. But, and it's, it's not an exact science because can God change? How about Isaiah? Hezekiah says, goes against the prophet and says, you know, he's dying. And Isaiah says, you're dead. Get your effects of order. You're done. Hezekiah starts crying out to God, and oh God, I did this. He turns, the prophet doesn't even get outside the room. He turns Isaiah around and says, you got 15 more years I just heard from the Lord. So that's some of the mystery of the whole thing of the prophecy. And I think he does that because it's not black and white. You can't push a formula. It's not always two plus two. There's a whole lot of factors that go into this. It's called relationship with the one who can change everything. And so... So that's why you got to do it in love, and you could make a mistake. And so, okay, we got to, wow. All right. So here's what I'd like you to do. Um, we're going to finish next week, believe it or not.
<laughs> so if you would read, it's not a long read, but if you would read module 13, if you haven't done that yet, um, and then you can look over. I'll have a couple more handouts. This is really just some excerpts. We purchased uh, all of this, so it's okay to copy some of these. I'm just going to pull out a couple of the chapters from the basic training. And this will just be for you to read so you can pick up a handout. That's part one, and there'll be uh, part two and part three next week. And uh, it just it's just really good um, lessons that our covering has. Chris Volatin's been doing this now for, whew, oh, see, when, when, when Chris was really messing up in the prophetic, he was not encouraging, he was not, he was, he was really messing it up. He was given right words, I believe, but one night he had preached, I think I shared this with you, I was in a teaching in, in Pennsylvania with Chris, and he said, man, I had a really humbling night. I taught on forgiveness to the church on Sunday night, and it was a large crowd there, and he said, now, before you leave tonight, I'd like you to line up in front of the person that you need to ask forgiveness from. Chris said it, they lined up in front of him all the way outside the church door. It was, he said it was a very humbling, and, and it was one after another. Is Chris, when you gave me that word, I did, it turned out it was probably a good word, but the way you delivered it, uh, the style, the harshness really hurt me. And that was part of his teaching. In the, it was part of the 14-year creation of the prophet. And so, and now he teaches it, right, to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students all over, that are going all over the world, right, and in the school of supernatural. So, so part of this is how we, uh, we go forward in the... So read module 13, and then you can read through that. So let's stand and we'll be dismissed. And I'm so excited that You've come to desire the gift of prophecy. Start praying, Lord, I ask for greater revelation to be able to be a seer in the gift of prophecy. You told us to pursue, eagerly pursue. That means like be hungrily after it in pursuit of, tracking it down, seeking it, jumping on it. Lord, so that prayer is, Lord, I'd like to be more gifted in the, in the gift of prophecy so that I can help comfort and encourage another. My, my prayers will be more relevant. I'll have insights of kingdom over this person's life that you've now put in front of me. And I think next week we'll do an exercise or two that uh, will help to activate maybe some of this. So, Lord, I thank you and I bless all that you're doing in our body. Bless the church tonight up in Jacksonville. We want to hear the miracles, the outreaches are going to start tomorrow, walking around. And so, Lord, I just thank you. We're going to pray for the mayor and uh, the political people next uh, tomorrow, 10 o'clock in the morning. So bless what you're doing there, Lord, in Jesus' name. Protect us and give us favor. We thank you. Amen. God bless y'all.